Well, praise the Lord, we'll try it again. And uh, the devil's mad, but I'm glad and just want to welcome you to our Romans teaching this fine Monday morning here in Queen City, Texas. And uh, we just had wonderful meetings this weekend with Pastor Lauren Larson here at Crossway Church. And I want to ask you just to avail yourself to those preaching uh, services and especially the teaching on Saturday morning was really amazing. And, and we heard some things and needed to hear some things that we've not heard before and be more grounded in that which we some of it that we have heard. So again, that's on my YouTube channel at Curtis Hutchinson 316. And I just uh, I just tell you, 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 you will be super blessed. But here we are, part four of chapter five. I'm sorry, part four of chapter four on the 5th of November. Boy, we'll get it right here in a little while. We're just praying our internet. We're paying this top dollar for this internet, and every once in a while it blinks out and shouldn't do that for the price we're paying. But anyway, uh, we just ain't nothing in this world perfect except Jesus. Hallelujah. Everything's changing but Him, and I'm glad I'm holding to His unchanging hand. Glory to God. So if you're with us today or you're watching this, grab your Bible, your piece of paper, your pencil. It's a Bible study, and I encourage you to avail yourself to all the past teachings of this Roman, uh, uh, these sessions of this Romans teaching. You will be blessed. There are things that come out that have come out uh, from this teaching that has really blessed me, and I know that it will bless you as well. Today we're in Romans chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 6, where David said, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And it is, it's the greatest blessing of all things when God will not impute sin, but He will take your sin through faith in what His Son did at Calvary on the cross and actually impute to you, give to you, account to you righteousness. Isn't that amazing? That, that is amazing to me that we have a God, the God who not only created all things, gave us the earth. The, Psalms 115 tells us that the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth He gave to men, and we blew it. We messed it up. Uh, we threw it away, falling under uh, you know, a lie of the enemy. And, but God came rushing in on the scene because He's the one that couldn't stand the distance between us. And He's the one that brought the answer because He loved us. And He didn't want us to just be separated from Him forever, so He brought the answer. He came to bless His people, those He created in His own image. He came to bless them. Think about this. When the angels sinned, they were just booted out. When we sinned, because we were created in His image, He came after us. The Bible doesn't say anything about Him going after the angels that teamed up with Lucifer, who'd been deceived through Lucifer and, and carried away, and a third of the angels uh, removed from heaven, fell from heaven. But the Bible is clear that because He created us in His image, He came for us. Hallelujah. He when we fell, when we were deceived by Satan, when we fell prey to a lie and, and, and just flat out disobeyed God and turned away from God, God didn't turn His back on us. God came running after us and He wanted to bless us. Hallelujah. And blessed is the man that God does not impute sin, but takes their sin 
through their faith in the sacrifice and imputes to them not guilt, shame, condemnation, but righteousness, justification, innocence, eternal and abundant life. My Lord, that's good news. And who's it for? Whosoever will believe in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah that he paid the price, not that we have to work to pay the price. That's a mentality of debt, and that's what Paul is dealing with, and that's what he dealt with everywhere he went. Men thinking they have to work for it. It can't be that good. It's too good to be true. Yes, it sounds too good to be true, but it's not too good to be true because it is true. It's good and true. God loved us so much He gave freely to you. Cost Him, but it's free to you. And everything God has for us is free. And it's by grace. Grace is freely offered. If we don't receive it freely, it's not grace that we're, that we're partaking of. If we're, if we're working for salvation, if we're working for sanctification, if we're working to be right with God instead of believing, then we're not living by grace. Grace is, a, is, 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 is God at work in our life and He only works in our lives based off our faith in the sacrifice that allows grace to flow freely through our lives. I said it last session. I'll say it again this session. God won't force grace and man can't force grace. Grace flows freely into the lives of those whose faith is in that avenue that allows grace to flow. Praise God. And that is the cross, the atonement, the substitutionary work of Christ, the shedding of His blood, His death, the sacrifice. Just that very obedient act unto death that gave us the avenue to be with our Father, to be born again, to be filled with the Spirit, to walk in truth and the works ordained for us to walk in. Without faith in the cross, we can't be saved and we can't live saved. Those who've been born again and fall prey unto works again, and there are works, but they're all ordained for us to walk in in Christ. There, there's no works that we can work our way into Christ with. There's no works that we can work our way into heaven with. Christ said He was the way. And that way is through the sacrificial work He provided for us. And this is what David knew. Abraham knew this. And, and, and the problem in the early church and, and among the, the religious people is still today and it's not changed. Men still want to work for it. I know. I, I, I never thought I had to work for salvation, but I did fall prey to the deception of I have to find the avenue now in what I do that God moves and brings me provision and, and the power of God is upon me and, and, and I can live a life where sin doesn't dominate me and I can be delivered from everything that shows up and grabs a hold of me that does begin to dominate 
motivate me. If I'll just do this, if I'll just do that, that's all law. Doing is called deeds. And listen, if you're born again, you weren't saved and born again by deed you committed, but by your faith in the deed, the good work, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But if you fall prey back under works and you are trying to justify the path you're on by your works, then the Bible says in Galatians 5.4 that Christ can no longer affect us. It's just like we came in that we'll walk or we're not walking in Christ. Colossians 2.6. So when we fall prey to all these fads that are out there, the words you speak, the government of 12, uh, uh, the purpose driven, all these things that they say our faith is in the cross, but if we'll do... no, th- Listen, the cross refutes all of our doing. There are many works for us to walk in, but they're all in Christ. And the only way we can walk in Christ and experience the works that are in Christ is if our faith remains in His work. Now, I want to get you something today. and We'll get here and move on through the Scriptures. But everything the cross was a manifestation of can only function in your life and my life right now today if that is what our faith is in. Some people recently told me that, uh, that, that they're not going to put their faith in the cross because that's in the past, and now their faith is in Christ and Him being at the right hand of the Father. Can I tell you, that's not what the Bible teaches. The power of God is not in the preaching of Christ and Him at the right hand of the Father, and we're not. the Bible says the power of God is in the preaching of the cross to us who are saved. And and we're not being conformed into the image of the one. Listen, we're not being made conformable unto the image of the one who is at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 3 verses 10 through 14 that we haven't obtained, we've not obtained, that we're being made conformable unto His... Somebody help me here. That's right. We're being made conformable unto His death in this life right now. Hallelujah. So your object of faith, if it's the cross, because that was the manifest love of God, that love will flow in you and you'll love God and you'll love people. If your faith is not in the cross, if you've moved on and left the cross, you're not going to be able to love God or love people because your faith is not right anymore. And you can't love God except by faith, true faith in the cross. Do you understand that simplicity, that kindergarten teaching? Whatever the cross manifested in Romans 3 and 25 and 26 says it was God's declaration of righteousness. So if that's where my faith is, I'll be found now with a status of righteousness, but not only the status, but I'll be walking in the path of righteousness with the fruits of His righteousness. Praise God. Whatever the cross manifest, and listen, it was God's manifestation of all that He would do for us. A man can't even be humble unless his faith is in Christ. And what he did at Calvary for there is the humility seen and manifest. The obedience of Christ seen and manifest unto death. If that's where our faith is, then the fruits of His cross, the manifestations that took place there in Christ will flow into us and through us. Listen, If my faith is in what Christ did 
on the cross, and the Bible says in Hebrews 2.9 that he tasted death for all men, listen, by the grace of God, 2.9 in Hebrews 2 and 9, if my faith is in Jesus and what he did right now, by faith, to taste death for me by grace, then I'll taste of that same death. Did you get that? That faith becomes my faith. That grace becomes my grace. Without faith in the cross, that love that was manifest there, I don't. it's not going to be an experience for me. And when I say it is, if I say I've gone on from the cross and my faith is no longer in the work of Christ there and now it's in what? I don't care what it is. Anything in the Bible, it's a wrong object of faith means it's an illegitimate faith that's no longer working by love and cannot manifest true love. The love that's there then is just a normal love that the world has where we are trying to work to show how much we love. But if our faith is in the cross, we get the same Holy Spirit that led Jesus to the cross. Hallelujah. We get the same Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And you need to know that these days. If you move past the cross and move your object of faith to something other, then you now have an illegitimate faith and that faith can't provide grace that you need daily. That's just excellent teaching that can't be refuted with the Word of God. And if it can, people would be doing it, but they're not because they can't. And so, listen to me this morning. Verse 9, Hebrew, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 4, verse 9. Does this blessedness then come upon the circumcision only? Talking about the Jews, watch this. Or upon the uncircumcision? That means the rest of the world. For we say, and we better listen to what the Holy Spirit said through Paul. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. What was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness? Not a work he did, not circumcision, not anything he did. Faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Did You, you need to highlight that, that in your Bible. See, the preachers, uh, the fivefold ministry is here to equip you. So when people come along, you, you, you will be able to Tell them what the Bible says to, to, to let them know that what they're believing, I love you, but that's not what the Bible teaches. You, only faith gets the man blessed and not guilty and God not imputing his sins unto him. Only faith in the one who justifies the ungodly. We read that earlier in this fourth chapter that it was faith in the sacrifice Faith in the sacrificial work of God through Christ that justified the ungodly. This is the faith that justified Abraham. Not just faith there was a God. Not just believing there is a God. Everybody knows there's a God. Even the liars calling themselves atheists that says they don't believe there's a God. They know there's a God. That's why, But they're just rebelling against a God they say doesn't exist. See, that's why God calls them fools in Psalms 53.1. So watch this in verse 9, the end of verse 9. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Without faith in that which God did to justify the ungodly, which is the sacrificial work of Christ, there is no justification. There is no experience of the status or bearing forth the fruits of righteousness. Somebody said amen, glory to God. 
Verse 10, how was it then reckoned? How was it then accounted to Abraham for righteousness? I'm glad that we're talking about this today. Was it when he was in circumcision? Was it when he was circumcised? Or in uncircumcision? Was it... Was he accounted by God as righteous before he was circumcised or after he was circumcised? I'm glad we're talking about this today. There's great confusion about this when the Bible is plain, right, and black and white lets us know we can't be stubborn and hard-hearted and say, yeah, I see that, but it must mean something else. No, watch. Not in uncircumcision. I've got a Bible. I've got the Word of God right here. Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. Abraham became the friend of God, became just before God, became righteous before God. God imputed him unto him righteousness before he was ever circumcised. Did you see that in your Bible? Not when he went and was circumcised, but before he was circumcised. How can that be? Because faith is what God saw, not a work of Abraham's hands. It's like water baptism. Folk telling you, you got to be water baptized, something you got to do, that's a deed, and there shall no flesh be justified by the deeds of the law, of any law. Any law, you can't go to heaven because of what you do. But you're made righteous, granted righteousness, and ain't nobody going to heaven without being righteous. Jesus became that righteousness for us, granted that righteousness to us, imputed it to us. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, He that knew no sin, he was sinless, was made our sin offering that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him. Through our faith, our faith, not anything we go to do. Even the people that say you have to justify your salvation by some work is water baptism. That's a lie. We walk in obedience when we're born again, and water baptism is, is sort of like the sign of circumcision. It's a sign. Somebody say, sign of what I already have. If it's not a sign of what I already have and it, it's being called the work of salvation, then I don't have salvation yet. If I'm trusting in circumcision or I'm trusting in water baptism, remember that's what I do. And, and, and listen, just because you think, well, I already know this, I don't need to be listening to this teaching, here's the question as to whether or not you need to be listening to this teaching. Are you able to go out and share what I'm sharing with you from the Word? Or do you just tell folks, no, that's not right, that's not what we believe? If that's what you're doing, then you're not equipped. And the Bible says that we're to study to show ourselves approved unto God as ready, ready, a ready workman, hallelujah, that we're ready to contend for the faith, not throw somebody on the ground and knock them out because they don't believe like we do, but you're ready to share the word of truth with those who are not walking in truth but are just religious. God wants His people to be able to love people. And I'm not talking about just putting up with sin and, and just letting them live. I'm talking about love them like He did by going to the cross. Come on, somebody. 
going to the cross. And now us loving Him enough to share that love, the love of the truth with others. When we see them teaching and sharing false doctrine, things that are wrong just may be being done in ignorance, and most of it is. They just don't know that they don't know. It's called deception. And when they say you've got to be water baptized, we can bring them right here to the Scriptures and let them know, no, you need to be water baptized, but water baptism is not what saves you. That's a, a sign. That's a sign of obedience of, because you've already been considered righteous before God by faith. And it's not your works that justify your salvation. Come on, somebody. It's your faith alone that justifies your salvation. It's not faith in Christ and. See, those people are going to get you in trouble. Yes, when we're born again, works follow that. And they're signs and they're fruit of the Holy Spirit that we are the children of God and there's fruit that we are. It's the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But just because somebody has sin in their life doesn't mean that they didn't get saved just because somebody's gone back and living in sin doesn't mean they didn't get saved. And you better be glad that's true, my friend, because that's happened to you. It's happened to every child of God that's been born again. There came a day when we found ourselves taken over by something. Maybe nobody knew it but us. Maybe we didn't get so far that we had to be embarrassed by the whole community or whatever the case may be, but it's happened. And you knew you were saved. Come on. Watch this. How was it then reckoned, verse 10, was it when he was circumcised or was it before he was circumcised? It wasn't when he was circumcised, but when he was uncircumcised. That's when God imputed righteousness to him. Now watch this, verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision. You need to highlight that in your Bible. It was a sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith which he had yet been uncircumcised. And remember now, all this is taking place in the Old Testament before the 400 years before the law came along. Think about that. 400 years before the law came along, before Abraham was circumcised, he was a believer, and that believer in God that justifies the ungodly, faith in the sacrificial system God set up, allowed God to impute to him righteousness. And then he was circumcised. And then you and I are baptized, hallelujah, as a sign of obedience that we're walking in, that he has imputed unto us righteousness. Hallelujah. Water baptism, circumcision, wasn't to be granted righteousness. Those things are things that we participate in because they're, they were, they, one of them was, circumcision was a sign. Water baptism is a sign of our obedience. Amen. That he might be, Abraham, well, let me read verse 11 now. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. I hope we're getting that. That he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. See, this is why the Bible calls Abraham the father of faith. He's the father of faith. 
God promised him he'd be the, he'd be the father of many nations and that his seed was, would be as many as there are sands on the seashore. And, and he was the first one that God came along to and gave him the revelation that he did. And Abraham believed and was called the friend of God, had uh, unto him imputed the righteousness of God before the law, before he was circumcised, and, 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 and so that he could not only be the father of those who were circumcised, who would come under the law later, by faith, still by faith, but also those like us Gentiles who weren't in that system, who were uncircumcised and still are uncircumcised, a lot of Gentiles, and, and because it means nothing. And Paul teaches that in Galatians 5, 6. Circumcision or uncircumcision doesn't get you anything with God, but faith that works by love. That's what avails with God. Faith that works by love. Hallelujah. That's good news. So let's read this now. Verse 11 again, And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which we, he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Now here comes something in verse 12 that's very important, and we need to see this. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but also who, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. If our faith is not the faith Abraham had before he was circumcised, then it's not the faith God honors. It's not the faith of Abraham. And this is mainly to the Jewish people. You can still get circumcised if you want to. But if your faith is in your circumcision, your faith is not the faith of Abraham. And Jesus told the religious leaders of his day when they bragged that Abraham was their father, Jesus told, no, your father is the devil because their faith was not in what Abraham's faith was in. And Jesus told them, if it was, you'd know who I am. I'm the one God offers freely by grace and, and faith, not by what you have to work to do. And they had twisted the law to be so about what they do instead of about what Jesus would come and do. My goodness. My goodness, Brother Larson this weekend was teaching about the law a little bit and you need to go listen uh, to that teaching Saturday morning which was uh, November the 3rd and, and, and two teaching sessions on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And, and listen to those over and over. Take notes. You're going to hear some things that are going to bless your heart if you care anything at all about pleasing God and living under the anointing and, and bearing forth the fruit of the Spirit. You, you want to know what was in that teaching. I heard him say some things he's never said that I've ever heard him say before and he, he admitted that. I said some things. Things came out that had never come out. So I encourage you to listen to those teachings. Go do whatever you have to do to get to them and listen to them.
But the law was the initial uh, 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 endeavor of God to, to begin to teach uh, His people who, who knew nothing about Him, very little if anything at all, through the law. And it was amazing what came out in that teaching. And, 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 and I shared with Brother Larson after the teaching about the law being that which would reveal to some degree the nature of who God is at a, at a, at a small initial uh, state of learning for His people that and, and, and Paul would write at the very last verse in chapter 3 of Romans and said, well, what do we do with the law? We don't, we don't make void the law, but the law is established. The law is established, which is the nature of who God is. The law is established by the law of faith. That's powerful. And I encourage you to meditate on those things. Think about those things. And, and, when, you, and when you read scriptures about... Abraham being the father of, of those who would be found in the faith, whether they were the circumcision of, of the, the stock of Israel or they were the uncircumcised of the Gentile world, he's still the father of faith because it's the faith and not the circumcision, not the water baptism, not that denomination, not that over there that claims we've got the only avenue. Listen, the only avenue is Christ and the way of the cross, the sacrificial work of Him. That's the only way. That's the only thing God honors. Abraham saw it. Jesus said that to the religious leaders of his day. Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Hallelujah. But he, then he tells them, your daddy is not Abraham. He's not your father. If he was, you'd believe in me like he did. Your faith would be that of him. But your faith, Jesus told them, your faith is not that faith. That's a, that's a scary and very painful thing to be told by the man who is fully God and fully man who came to represent his heavenly father to lay his life down for all of humanity to be told by him, to be told by God that your daddy is the devil. And why, why would he tell them that? Even the people, the leaders of Israel, the so-called spiritual leaders of Israel... There's only one reason he told them that. Because their faith was not that which was the faith of Abraham. Their faith was in themselves. They used God's Word, but they twisted it to make it about what they had to do. All about them instead of a focus on what the law was really about. And Jesus comes along and says, Search the scriptures, scriptures, for in them you say you have life, but they are they which testify of me. Do you understand why Jesus told them, your daddy's the devil? It's in John chapter 8. Go read it. They were the religious leaders, the ones who should have been representing God, but they were only representing themselves. It's like the denominational world today. They have their own name, their own cliques, their own little groups, and it's on social media. You can post the truth, but you won't get a response from people who are outside of this, this faith. If it's not somebody in their own little organization posting truths, they won't be a part of it because they're trapped in the fear of men. And I'm not shameful and fearful to say these things. There's really nothing wrong with a so-called denomination as long as they're preaching the truth. But where are they? Where are they? 
preaching the gospel, determined to know nothing else. For here's what I know to be a fact. Those who preach the truth and nothing but the truth, determined to know nothing else, they want to be a part of the fellowship, wherever that might be, of those who are doing that. And I know this, this determination to know nothing else will remove you from everything that is something else. Amen, Brother Curtis, or oh me, help me, Lord. So what we've seen in the scriptures this morning is that the faith, the only faith that God honors and Jesus taught it when he showed up is the faith Abraham had. That's why the Bible calls him the father of faith, not just to those who had the seal, the sign of circumcision back in that day, but those who don't have that seal, but they have that faith. Because it's only faith that God honors and calls the true work that He will honor and legitimate and give you righteousness, impute righteousness unto you. So all who teach you got to do something instead of believe something, their faith is not that of Abraham. Their faith is not that of the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. I encourage you, go back, listen to all these teachings. Take notes. Let it be your classroom. These little half-hour sessions, paper, pencil, a a, a broken heart, a receptive heart, a, a willing mind to learn the Word of God as it is written as truth and in righteousness. And God will turn your life around. He will turn your life around. He'll turn you around, your marriage around. This is what we call the teaching that trains our children up in the way they should go, not just being in a church. Amen? Amen, Brother Curtis. I've enjoyed this session today. Join us on Monday mornings and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. where we attempt to do it live right here on Facebook. If if there's any issues or problems, it'll be uploaded later to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And so it's all there. God bless you. I love you. And until Thursday morning, be determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.